Who Series 7, Episode 5, The Angels Take Manhattan. I'm Caleb Woodbridge. I'm Sarah Byrne. I'm Susie Knuckles. Welcome back to Impossible Podcasts, and time is up for Amy and Rory, and uh, it's the end of the first half, well, just under half of the series. Yeah. Um, uh, we've also got uh, Susie with us for a commentary for the Yay. first time. She's been on before for Harry Potter and Hunger Games. Yep. So yep. it's nice to have you here for Doctor Who. Wrap you here for something else, basically. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we didn't have a preview, so we're recording this. Um, the, it's Saturday evening, so we've just watched it. Mm. Um, and what were your thoughts on the episode? I quite liked it. I think I'll probably be able, they'll probably pick a few more holes in it when I watch it again now, I think. But in terms of, um, you know, first watching, I quite liked it. Great acting from the main cast. Um, I think they did a really, really good job about it. Um, but yeah, generally, I really enjoyed it. Other than obviously, Rory's gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's one of the better ones that they've had so far in the season. I definitely think it's been entertaining but as well quite sad at points so mm. I like that yeah I thought it was uh, very nicely done uh, it uh, was a bit bit more of a return to the angel's original way of yes. operating uh, as in blink and the New York setting was very nice very well uh, shot and everything and I thought it was uh uh, quite a fitting end to Amy and Rory's time mm. on the show. Um, I think I did have a few issues with this. There are, uh, it's one of those things where, um, although the timey wimey plot is fun, I think it's the kind of thing where, uh, it draws attention to the construction of the episode uh, and you kind of get thinking about the logic of it a bit more mm-hmm. and it you realise that actually uh, the logic is quite arbitrary at times <laughs> uh, yes. and it's just set up so that you will cry at the end uh, as um, Team TARDIS gets torn apart through time and space um, and... Yeah, and it perhaps the logic uh, strains a bit to get to the emotional ending that it needs to. Uh, so I think it kind of, uh, yeah, uh, all stories are contrived, of course, um, but uh, it by going for the very timey wimey plot uh, as the method of uh, writing out the ponds, it does. Um, you can see the the drawings. You can see the yeah um, it, the contrivance a bit more obviously. So I found it a bit less involving because of that. Just because uh, the reasons why they were parted were for reasons of timey wimey plot, <laughs> and uh, rather than arising more naturally out of the characters and situation, um, 
it's just because Stephen Moffat says those are the rules of time travel and he just waves his wand and that's it. And, okay, fine. Waves his sonic screwdriver. Yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you can... Uh, it, it just feels that bit more artificial. Yeah. Um, we knew it was going to be something like this. Yeah. We knew it was going to be them, them going with, you know, a plot with the angels. You knew it was going to be something like this. I don't think... I- it was too difficult for people to guess what was happening, was I it? I think uh, Kevin Greenan guessed pretty accurately, mm. or was it Mark Gorman, or perhaps both of them? But uh, I, I Certainly think one of our of regular the, listeners. I'll um, just check the comments. I can't actually remember who it was either. Um, but, uh, you did also guess right, of course, Caleb, from our speculation post. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I'm a bit, it's a bit annoying that you were right. It's not because you were right, but because the Statue of Liberty did in turn, indeed turn out to be an angel. Which I kind of was hoping that they weren't going to do, but they did. Not mm. that they did anything with it, it just was. Who was it in the end? Oh yes, it was Mark Gorman said. His theory was that the angels will end up sending Rory back in time. Uh, Amy will realise that she can't go on living without Rory, leaving the only viable option being to allow the angels to send Amy back in time too to be with Rory. This will allow for plenty of pathos and tears, first when Rory departs and then during the ultimate goodbye between the Doctor and Amy after she decides to go back in time to be with Rory. Um, so, well done, Mark. Uh, yep, gold you. star, spot on. <laughs> <laughs> and when you've managed to dry Got your that. tears, do get in touch and let us know uh, now that you've actually seen the yeah, episode, what you think of it? If you're pleased with how they handled it, but yeah, I think um, it was it was it was touching, and I think just the way they brought it full circle and mm. harked back to the eleventh hour was really nice mm. as well. So yeah, let's uh, dive on in into the episode. Yeah, if you're listening along at home, press play. So here we are. And it is kind of voiceovery. Yeah. Thing. Not quite the same. No. I don't know whether I like this typewritery bit because it comes back a bit later on as well, doesn't it? Yeah. It's it's a very Moffat esque d- device. Yeah. He likes the um, cutting between two versions of events. You get that in stories like in. Um, uh, Silence in the library with the uh, library reality and the yeah. uh, cow, the little girl, and yeah, several other places. So we've got the whole um, hard-boiled detective film noir style thing. This is quite a long pre-title sequence, mm. and although it it sets it up quite well, I think it's far longer than it needs to be. Yeah. It's basically setting it up so that uh, when Rory's in the same place and same situation later, uh, we know what's going to happen. Yeah. But it's I don't quite... know that we really needed it, though. Like, I think we'd be able to work yeah, out when Rory that's got thing. there that that would be what was happening. I think, I mean, obviously it's to introduce this character then later interacts with, with River, but I think it's just, it's very long. <laughs> Doctor Who has been in New York before for Daleks in Manhattan. Yep. Um, so, having had 
Daleks and Weeping Angels in Manhattan. How long before uh, the Cybermen turn up? They'll take a shot at it. This is just round the corner from where you live, Sarah. um, it's the engineering yeah, building. That they filmed outside because I'm in ah, that building all yeah. the time. So it's obviously with the added angels, in, in I assume that angel doesn't exist <laughs> no, there on the building. <laughs> oh the yes, time. I recognise it now. So it's uh, Cardiff location. Uh, night shoot, obviously. He, this guy looks an awful lot like Nathan Fillion. It isn't. He doesn't look that it, much like Nathan Fillion. It does. He it's looks certain... a bit like Mr. Diagoras in. It's uh, an awful. Well. In certain shots, I know you're a huge fan of Nathan Fillion. Um, in certain shots of him from some of the publicity stuff for Castle, it would be good to have uh, Nathan Fillion in Doctor Who. Yes, I would like Nathan Fillion. That would in immediately Who. be my favourite episode. Probably. Yes, <laughs> I would. I mean, we had Ben Brower to this. Uh, series, so ah uh, yes. What did you think of that one? I loved that episode. <laughs> I think that was probably the highest one we, the, the one we gave the highest praise. Yeah, it, I think on here, not so much for the rest of our contributors. <laughs> James <laughs> wasn't a fan of that one. But yeah. see, this is the thing we're we're managing very easy to talk about other things over this pre-title sequence. It's very long. So, Cindy, what, uh, how have you found this uh, series overall? Um, it hasn't been the best. I don't think. Like, there have been some good moments but mm. overall I've found some of the previous series a lot better what did you think of the early appearance of Jenna Louise Coleman um I, I was shocked along with I guess everyone else yes. that she turned out <laughs> to be a Dalek <laughs> I was quite upset about that because Looked like she was set up to be the new assistant, and she seems. Yeah, well, this is the debate: person, is whether it but... comes across as the same. She comes back as the same person. I think the general assumption is that she'll come back. She'll be earlier in her timeline when we meet her. Than when we see her. Yeah, it be, she learnt a lot of that stuff from being with the doctor, and then. Yeah. Back in time. you? This is a. It's nice that the angels managed to provide them all with um, matching pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> it's a kind of nursing home for angel victims. Yeah. Or battery farmers, the doctor says later. Yes. Better than the NHS. You don't get free pajamas on the NHS. <laughs> for a battery farm, it looks reasonably comfortable. Yeah. You get sweet. Uh, well, I was thinking that before when they said, you know, Rory will live out his life in that room. You're thinking, well, they must be able to feed them somehow because there's not exactly staff around, is there? Yeah. <laughs> Angels coming round to the teacher. Now, I did think they'd do something with the Statue of Liberty. I did expect them to at least make an attempt at making that idea make sense. Oh, yeah. But they don't seem to have bothered. There's no, no. rationale, <laughs> no logic. It's just, this is a cool thing. That, yeah. Uh, You'd think that someone would have worked out that at some point someone is going to be watching the Statue of Liberty yeah, at all is, times. there is no way. 
It's a huge tourist attraction that's never mm. going to be in the dark. No. The titles this week are very uh, dark. So yeah. They've really gone to town with the colour grading, taking it right down. Which means you can read this title, though, for the first time since the <laughs> series has come back. So here we are, location filming in New York. Nice you know, shot so that you know this is... We're in New York. Just in we'll case. We'll film the rest of it in Cardiff, but this is in New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, American audiences, please like the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cleavage at Capella Oh dear. I'm reading a loud The glasses are very Harry Potter. <laughs> now it's interesting because they um, are apparently in 2012, yeah. even though they said last week that. Um, Amy and Rory have been it's been 10 years for them um, now yeah but they think it's but they it's a um, they've aged 10 years not where they've ended up yes but um, considering that uh, the um, doctor um, basically um the doctor's death was in April 2011. Right. And in uh, the Christmas special, they said it had been two years since they'd seen him. So that takes you to 2013 at least. Um, and then the slow invasion took place over a year. So even if um, uh, that's the only time I've spent on Earth, then we're at least at, up to 2014. Okay, yeah, right, my... My head hurts now. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I've, uh, for some reason, decided to hop back in time uh, to 2012 from a few years in the future. Maybe. I don't know. That's the sort of time travel that hurts my head. Ah, <laughs> uh, Doctor Who chronology. Yes. I also love that he's evidently halfway through the book when he wrote yeah, that out. I was going to say that's <laughs> on the last page that he just ripped out there. As I crossed the street, I saw the thing guy, but he didn't see me. I guess that's how. Again, this is a echo of um, the stuff in uh, Blink with characters mm. reading about what's happening mm. as it's happening. Um, Various. Creepy children <laughs> laughing. Creepy cherub <laughs> statues. With teeth. <laughs> yeah. Suitably creepy. No, Rory. Just run. She's playing pea sticks. <laughs> There's a really nice dynamic between the characters, and it's yeah. interesting because um, with Russell T Davies, most of the companions were only for. 
one series except for Rose, who mm. was for the two. Um, so uh, they're the longest serving New Who companions. But, yeah. You got a bit longer out of it because I mean you had Amy obviously on her own for a while, yeah, with sort of cameos from Rory. But then of course you got a new dynamic when you had Rory more permanently. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how they uh, that cut the conversation carries on directly, seemingly yeah. that sentence from Times Square to <laughs> yes. Um, uh, down wherever by they've, yes, wherever they've left the TARDIS. Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. And River's back. She is, and actually, she's not as annoying this episode. It, it's not. She's not so central to the story because yeah. last series, all of her episodes, it was very much. Um, her storyline. Yeah. Whereas here, she's more of a supporting character. Nineteen thirty-eight. Seem to like thirties New York. <laughs> um, but, uh, in, I think it was in the chase. Uh, in a 60s Doctor Who story where the Daleks were chasing the Doctor through time and space to try and assassinate him um, they materialised on top of the Empire State Building um, and uh, you had Peter Purves who was a Blue Peter presenter and who also went on to be a Doctor Who companion <laughs> for a bit um, doing a very bad American accent um, here we are in the graveyard. Strector fans on the reference back to Let's Kill Hitler. Why mm. did that? Man. Spoilers. So time could be rewritten if uh, you don't know what's going to happen, mm. which doesn't really make a lot of sense no. when you think about no. it. But evidently not, because he doesn't do it. Aww. Also, if they only read like those couple of sentences in the book, maybe the next one is you know, River persuading him. Actually, you could break the angels' <laughs> wrist. You know? yeah, yeah, true. Well, the thing is, is that all you have to do to um, is to keep it consistent with to avoid the paradox is to keep it consistent with what you already know. So if you can give your past self the impression that something happened but changed what happened, then that still works. Yeah. I guess what you're trying <laughs> I guess what you're trying to do is to avoid a situation where you're changing the past 
um, changing the future also changes your past. And if you change something that you know, then that will affect your future actions and you create a paradox. So you can change the past as long as uh, you keep it consistent with your existing knowledge, because then you'll still do the same things to get there, rather than rewriting your own actions. Well, there's... The thing is, is that you obviously can rewrite time in the Doctor Who universe, but if you do something that changes your own personal past, it creates a paradox. Mm. Um, and the reason it creates a paradox is because if you change your past... Uh, then it also then changes your future actions, so you end up with two contradictory versions of events. It's like the whole killing your grandfather thing. Yes. Um, but if you change the past... Um, so, for example, with the breaking the hand thing... Um, uh, they know that that's written in the book. Uh, if they change it so it isn't written in their book, then their actions will be different the sort of next time round in the loop. Yeah. And so whatever action they take to avert it then won't happen. Yeah. So it keeps yeah. altering and it's unstable. Whereas if you make it so that that's still written in the book but something else is what really happened... Mm. Um, then they'll still perform the same actions yeah. to do that, so yeah, it's so it's safe. So yeah. Um, so surprisingly that, enough, I'm actually following. So, so it does actually make sense given uh, a certain model of time travel. It's just that Doctor Who seems to work on a different yes. uh, model of time travel logic each week, depending which suits the particular yes, story and what plot device you need. Yes. Um, I am going to point this out now. Helen is sat in the room with us and not say anything. <laughs> but um, in regards to this angel, she um, she said, why, if you've got um, a captive that moves when nobody's looking at it, do you put it behind a curtain? Which she refused to say. She sat in the corner and not saying anything. So I said it for her. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that was Helen. For... Um, yeah, well, it is chained up. But, yes. They're clearly not chained up very well. If you go in near the curtain, they can grab your hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the answer is don't go near the curtain, this, of course. <laughs> this scene is a bit like Rory um, in the basement with the Daleks. It's quite a similar thing. It's mm. like, oh no, Rory's on his own in the dark with the monsters. Plus, they're really slow, these mm. ones. Look at the Rory got him. Because it... From the precedent set by the other angels, they would have already got him the first time the match goes out. Mm. Well, they're only little. I, I, I have the feeling that if I was in Rory's situation, I'd be trying to find something else to set fire to, like a shirt. That, yeah, something that would <laughs> burn longer than uh, than the match you've already got. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you assume that the, the angels are toying with him because the guy who throws him in there gives them the match because he said it's more fun. So evidently they've they've had others where... The angels have given them long enough to attempt to get away. So they're obviously just sort of playing with him because they know Giggling, he can't get away. So. Yes. <laughs> I'm not entirely... Playing with him like a cat toy. 
I don't think you really get much of a sense of this guy, Grail, and um, he. Um, you get the whole stuff about him being only human and being a collector, but he's a bit of a plot device, really. Yeah, he's a bit of a non-entity, really, isn't he? <laughs> Is that scene of the plaque significant? It's just a humorous moment with the Doctor preparing to see River. Yeah, I don't know, but the, the bit at the end where you see the plaque. I'm sure people pause it and... Yeah, probably find out what it says, yes. Find out something. Make theories from it. <laughs> probably. Now, I think this is the same stay... Well, um, same location as they used for the Tyler's Mansion in Rise of the Cybermen. Ah. But that was several years ago, so it's not like it's no. the Temple of Peace, which they... No, which gets seem, used a lot. And there were no angels use every year. This hadn't occurred to me before now. Of course, it's blindly obvious when she mentions it, but of course she hasn't killed anyone now, has she? <laughs> I am pleased that they've gone back in this direction of the Doctor being a mysterious yeah. nobody. Well, you could just tell the writer of the book to change that detail. Yeah. So we can't read. I see. I don't like the cover much, but if Reverend's going to write that, she'd make it useful, right? Or she could write that she broke the hand. Yeah. She has to put that in. Put that in. Spoiler free. The BBC's releasing an e-book of this. Ah. So. Um, I did also notice, obviously I didn't notice it at the time, but the, the next chapter after um, the Roman in the cellar is Death at Winter Quay. Yeah. Doctor, what is it? Tell me. Yeah, Followed, of course, by Amelia's last farewell. Calm down. Calm down. Don't talk to me, Doctor. No. It's a, again, and it's refer. It's the whole metafictional thing of the more being stories, not a fairy tale this time. A mm. Detective story. Not that they do any detecting, but not particularly. No. So, how exactly do angels reproduce? There, I well, ask. Yeah, if there are baby angels. Mm. We did. We did have those pet baby statues sometimes. We like <laughs> turn you into an angel. Just adopt them. Mm. Well, yeah, because they do seem to say that. Because later on, the doctor asks, "How many are there?" To River, River, doesn't he? Mm. 
Mm. And River says they've been taking over, so they must be able to give well, life to give exist- life to statues. Existence. So occasionally, two statues must like each other enough to go and adopt a baby statue, <laughs> or one actually, you know, equal opportunity, single statues, single parents, <laughs> single parent statues must be able to go and get one too. <laughs> Where is he? It's interesting that this is um, an older river, so this mm. is Professor River Song, so towards uh, the end of her timeline. I don't know why you'd go into a house that just opened itself. Yeah. I think I'd go away from that with experience. How did you get your wrist out without breaking it? You asked, I did. Hang on a minute, though. Um, my, my head hurts again. River's entire life is based on the Doctor. If the Doctor is then erased from everybody else's memories, how do... Well, it's not erased from people's memories. Erased Nobody knows databases, where he is. Databases, like... Okay. All the computer systems don't have them anymore, and all the okay. been deleting records, mines. right? Okay. Records of himself, but not. It's not like he's it, never it, existed. Yeah, it's just he's been covering his tracks. Like I said, my head hurts. <laughs> well, I suppose as well as if your life revolves around the Doctor the way Rivers does, mm. you can't really. Wait, well, well, she still remembers, evidently. Yeah. Mm. So. Well, he, the Daleks somehow forgot, even though it was ostensibly wiping um, him from their records. You'd have thought the actual Daleks who um, had seen him there half an hour ago would still remember him, the actual mm. individual blobby creatures inside. Yeah, well, that's the thing that's we said in, uh, in our commentary for Asylum of the Daleks. It suggests that the Daleks have a hive mind, doesn't it? Yeah. Which I don't think has been suggested before. Yeah. But yeah, he's not wiping people's memories. Stop it. Otherwise, you'll have to do this every week when anyone's hurt. (laughs) I do like that bit, though. River does seem harder and a bit more bitter towards the Doctor in this one. By far, my favourite parts of this episode are completely regardless of the plot of the Angels. It's the scenes you get between the four mm. core cast. It's the Gorgon building again, another go-to mm. Doctor Who location. The Doctor doesn't like endings. The Gamorgan building, they used the roof of that in Victory of the Daleks, and the interiors for some of the corridors in the White House, and... Uh, I used it for the mayor's office in Boomtown and ooh, all sorts of things. <laughs> they used the roof for something else as well, didn't they? Something more recent than Picture of the Daleks. The roof. 
Yeah, um, I remember saying it not long ago. I can't think what it is now, but since since victory of the Daleks, we were fairly certain that it was the same roof used or something else. Oh, um, in uh, the Big Bang. Mm, could be. Can't the roof of the museum. Yeah, it could have been. See, this guy's completely irrelevant. Yeah. I'm not remotely bothered by the fact yeah. that he gets... He's slightly unconscious for most of that. Yeah, and I'm not oh. really bothered by he gets eaten or sent back in time or whatever <laughs> by an angel. Oh, Rory. Don't go into the scary building with flickering lights. This is... And definitely don't go into a room that has your name on it. Yeah, and the door opens a bit on device that uh, conveniently works as a plot device. She does have that handheld computer in a lot of episodes. Yes, but it's a little bit like her own sonic screwdriver, isn't yeah. it? Or psychic and or psychic paper. Yeah. Smiling angel, that's creepy. <laughs> I think it's actually creepier than when they have their teeth out. Yeah, I think it is. See, matching pyjamas. Echoes of um, that scene in The Doctor's Wife as well. I do like this idea of this scene. To have your character watch their own death. Hmm. And that's evidently Arthur Darvel, isn't it? Yeah. In makeup. It's not a bad job either. It's not the worst job you've seen on Doctor Who. I have really liked just the dynamic of having a married couple mm. in the TARDIS because uh, they haven't done that uh, before and mm. I think that's been a really nice uh, just variation on the usual. Um, of course, here we have two married couples, technically. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that River is calling the Doctor her husband because there was this whole, oh, are they married? Because it was the whole test lecture mm. and, um, in a aborted timeline and yeah. so on. And, yeah, it's still not exactly clear whether that's going to play out. Now, it could be a good thing for the uh, 50th anniversary in terms of um, having a big get back lots of characters because if the Doctor and River had a proper wedding ceremony with lots mm. of guests and stuff then they could bring back uh, loads of um, old characters from uh, for that and have mm. other Doctors uh, turning up to join in the event and stuff mm. and various enemies trying to get crash to <laughs> get rid of the Doctor and all his friends mm. 
to start doing What is going to happen to you? What is physically going to happen? The angels will come to you. They'll have you back in time at this very spot, 30, 40 years ago. Thirty-four. As well, he's supposed to be. I guess they're supposed to be around thirty now. Yeah. Yeah. I so. How do you know? Because he was so pleased to see you again. Okay. Well, they haven't taken me yet. Ever the optimist, Rory. <laughs> what happened if you went back like you kept being sent back? Because this building clearly hasn't been here forever, so... Mm. Eventually, could he, like, either escape or get sent back to a different time go somewhere where the Doctor could pick him up? <laughs> Starting to hurt my head again. <laughs> now, yeah, it's interesting because I did wonder... Whether they do something about if they got zapped back in time because of the time energy being drained away or something that they couldn't travel in the TARDIS again. Mm. But of course, that wouldn't work logically because the Doctor and Martha were zapped back in time by the angels in Blink. Yeah. So, and they did go on to travel back in the TARDIS without any ill effect. Not that Doctor Who has ever had the greatest grasp on logic, of course. <laughs> oh, consistency. But no, they go a different slightly different mm. route. Of... Do you like Amy's determination? Yeah. Very Yeah. Like mother like daughter. <laughs> yes. Husband it's a nice parallel. See they move ahead a lot quicker. Run. I'm not so sure what their plan is at this stage other than run. And that seems not that impressive considering it's the second time we've seen the, uh, yeah. the Statue of Liberty. I think it might have worked better if they'd held it back until this point. Until, yeah, until the point where Rory sees it. Now, the Statue of Liberty is copper rather than stone, it's worth pointing out as well. Yes. Unfortunately, it's not the uh, only problem with making the Statue of Liberty an angel. <laughs> they had to move all the way across <laughs> New York and no one's noticed Nobody saw it. You think there'd be outcry that the Statue of Liberty is hey, no where's it gone? <laughs> Oh, I love Rory. <laughs> Poor Rory. He has had a habit of uh, dying and coming back. I love this speech from Martha Darwin. Yeah, this is a really good scene. Just the two of them acting their socks off. And I love this. The one time you can't tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> The one bit I don't like about it is her, him asking her to help. It's one thing asking her to allow him to kill himself, it's another thing asking her to kill him. Mm. Yeah. Saying, or yeah. at least facilitate, facilitate his death, anyway. 
I like that line though. <laughs> when don't I come back to life? How many times shall we die? Yeah, I'm still here. And it's it does hark back to um, episodes like Amy's Choice, where uh, she made the choice in terms of again committing suicide rather than yeah. uh, existing without Rory, um, which is yeah I don't know a slightly worrying theme for uh, yeah. it's just really the message that uh, yeah. But no, it does make her a very touching scene. Yeah. Prove it. You said you'd come back to life. Now you're in my face. Now you need to. Conveniently, someone who wasn't them is watching the Statue of Liberty. Yes. Yep. Someone's been watching it since it got the guy before. Well, it didn't get the guy, but the guy was there before in front of it because it hasn't moved. And also, I like that they are actually changing uh, the future because um, it does mean that um, the characters have agency in the story rather than it being just following the predestined path, which is sometimes what happens in some of Stephen Moffat's episodes, such as The Big Bang. This was a really nice scene cause as well because it, it, their choice there did not involve the Doctor. The Doctor didn't get yeah. a chance to talk them down didn't get a chance to do anything you know they made the decision between the two of them Now this is the point where the two of them sit up, you go yay, they're alive, and then you go oh, but they've still got to leave the show somehow. <laughs> yeah. They look rather bedraggled. Well, it's raining. It's probably raining. The timelines are too scrambled. Yeah, and you know when he says that, that right? So. Yeah. <laughs> A convenient get out that can't come back and rest. Can't come back. So, does yeah. this mean that the Doctor can't ever f- visit 1930s New York again in the show? Well, it would seem to suggest so. Until, so, until a future writer wants to set a story there and they conveniently yeah. forget about it. No, Rory, don't. I love the fact that Rory's middle name is Arthur. Now, it could be completely unrelated, but, of course, his dad is played by Mark Williams, whose character in Harry Potter was Arthur Weasley. So I love the fact that his middle name is Arthur. (laughs) That's just another Weasley. (laughs) Yeah. Yay! Rory is another Weasley. He's not got red hair, though. No. I reckon he could go... Ginger, though. (laughs) 
sorry. <laughs> Susie and I got slightly <laughs> distracted into uh, Weasley's then. Now we get a clear shot of the tombstone there without Amy's name on yeah. it. So it does seem that they do rewrite events again. Yeah. Amy, what are you doing? That great stuff, Rory. Don't forever one more name. What are you talking about? I do like this because Amy pays absolutely no notice to the doctor. She blinked then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course, at this point, the doctor's also facing in the right direction. Yeah. Because also, when she turns around in a minute, you would assume that the doctor and River are, are facing the angel anyway. <laughs> Although, River probably chooses to look away in order to hmm. allow the angel to take Amy, but. Amy and Rory. James tweeted uh, just after the episode, making a good point. They they die at different ages. Yeah, five years. Amy, five years later. We thought they. I thought they were the same age. Yeah, but I guess if they got sent back and then they lived out the rest of their natural lives, Amy would probably live longer. Mm, Well, yeah. If they've lived a full and happy life, she might be willing to, you know. Mm. Be a widow I mean, for a few years and then. Yeah. I mean, it's not not like they'd just somehow dropped there at exactly the same time. Yeah. Of old age. Yep, because uh, the Doctor is too dangerous to be uh, let out loose without a living carer, as yes. James put it. Yes, otherwise he starts picking up guns and threatening to shoot people. Or blow up planets. Or both. Ah, so that's what the blatant foreshadowing with the last page was all about. Yes. Well, it was an entire episode of blatant foreshadowing, of course. <laughs> yeah. Run, Doctor, run! <laughs> slow motion. In stylish running. slow motion. Yeah. I don't do enough running in this show. 
nice music from Marigold as well, especially in the jumping off the rooftop scene. Yeah. Ah, oh, of course the typist has got red nails. Yeah, and even at the start, they had red nails, even though yeah. it was a male voiceover at the time. Yeah. Do you think he's going to add some glasses to his outfit permanently? Yeah. <laughs> well, he has been, I think, in some of the filming for later in the series, he's been seen wearing the glasses. Have we seen him more gla- wearing glasses before this? Well, I know we've seen not Tennant. Matt Smith. Not Matt Smith. I know we've seen Tennant. Because Tennant glasses. had the brainy specs. He did have the brainy specs. Oh, the return of the younger media Full circle. And it does hurt back to that scene because you do have her, um, the shot of her uh, in the morning and the sound of the TARDIS. Yeah. Which you thought was just a cut to you. Later, but here we are. Nicely done. What did they tell Rory's dad? Do you think the doctor goes and says, "Yeah, they they didn't die. Well, they did eventually die, but." Will your dad see them again? Or will it? No. Oh, brain hurts. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure they could have sent him a letter before they died to oh. something. Well, technically they'd be <laughs> they'd be oh, they'd be living when he was young. Yeah. Oh, see this is where it's my head. And there we have the next time trailer. Well, I said trailer. Free shot. <laughs> yeah. Didn't really give a great deal away, did it? <laughs> And there was also a trailer for Wizards vs. Aliens, Aliens, which is Russell T Davies' new CBBC show. Yes. Looks like they've uh, adapted the um, Grask masks from the look of the aliens in the trailer. Do you uh, remember the Grask? Not particularly. Okay, never mind. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. I recognise the... <laughs> sort of like you can see um, a similarity there, but no, I don't remember. Yeah. So. So yeah, I um, I think um, it didn't actually. I, I found it touching. It didn't make me uh, cry. Um, quite. No. I I think partly because, like I said, you could see. It, there was quite a lot of artifice. It's like, oh no, we can't travel back because of the timey-wimey-ness and it was all a bit, let's just throw these barriers up. But I still don't quite understand why the Doctor couldn't go back and see them because, except for reasons of drama, internally, mm. um, all that needs to happen is for them to end up buried in that graveyard, but that doesn't mean he couldn't go and visit them. Yeah, he doesn't uh, have to go back to 1938. He could go to like a couple of years yeah, later in the timeline not, and visit them at some point. Surely as long as they aren't in Manhattan. 
Yep. You can. Yeah, they can go on that. holiday somewhere and you could visit them. And... Hmm. Yeah, you'd think you'd be able to track them down at some point. And... Yeah. Also, I so... think because we. Because, you, you know, we knew it was the angels. Yeah. We knew they were leaving. You could pretty much guess it was going to be a storyline like this. There wasn't going to be much difference. This was going to be the sort of ending they had. Um, that we already discussed, didn't we, Caleb, in the speculation podcast yeah. we did? We knew that he wasn't going to outright kill them. I didn't think he was going to kill one or both of them completely, essentially. Um, and so I think it, it makes it... It's still, it's still sad. It's still a sad scene. I still think they did very well with it. But I don't think it was ever going to be at the level where I was going to cry about it. Cause... Also, because you knew they were going. So, well, I, you know. I mean, you knew that, say, Billy Piper was going. But I found, I mean, Doomsday was really, mm. uh, had more of an impact, I felt, for example. But that was just astonishingly well done, I think. Mm. And this was well done, but... Yeah, somehow it I didn't quite. There is something about not not knowing how the person's going to go. Yeah, like if you put, like I said, if you put them in an episode with angels, you know that that's going to time travel is going to be the way they're going to go. Whereas if you just say, you know, you had an ambiguous, you know, even if it was cubed or whatever you called the episode that they were leaving in, yeah. it wouldn't give anything away of how they were going to leave. You know. Mm. But anyway, I I I still enjoyed it. On the second viewing. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I think, again, it felt like they were building up to make a choice about leaving the do- uh, leaving, travelling with the Doctor. Mm. Um, and in some ways, I think it's uh, a bit of a missed opportunity that I didn't. Because I guess Martha's the only one who's left the TARDIS by choice. Um, yeah, and it did seem that they were getting to that point but it would have been interesting if that had been explored a bit more mm. um, yeah because Rory didn't get any choice did he and Amy left in order to go with Rory so yeah. I still it think been, it would have been nice if like, they'd chosen to settle down and have a nice life mm. instead of yeah. if they'd chosen together rather than yeah. it having to be the choice between the Doctor and Rory for Amy. Yeah, again. Mm. Mm. I still think the best part of this episode was, was the acting from yeah. Matt Smith, Karen Arthur, uh, Arthur and Alex. Mm. Even Alex, I will admit, I didn't mind <laughs> River in this episode. <laughs> but I, I think um, it, it would be hard to completely live up to... Um, everyone's hopes for... Oh, I think it's completely impossible. <laughs> yeah. And if it was possible, we wouldn't be doing what we do every <laughs> week, would we? So uh, we've got yeah. to have something to complain about. So, but no, I do think it was very well done. It was it was a really nice episode, really well mm. shot and acted. And yeah. Genuinely uh, sad to see Karen and Arthur go. I very much enjoyed, mainly Rory, but very much enjoyed the two of them being on the show. So, Yep, and Ducks will be back at Christmas and we'll yep. have Jenna Louise Coleman starting full time. We assume, yes. <laughs> be um, interested to see what they do with her. Yes. How that she's turns. not a Dalek, you would assume. Yes. So, uh, how that relates to Oswin. Mm. 
As long as it does relate somehow. Yeah. Yeah, you guys have like. I'm going to be very annoyed if it has no relation. Oh, it's a, just a spatio-temporal coincidence <sighs> hand wave thing. I will be very grumpy if that's the case. <laughs> I'm saying it now. Stephen Moffat, I will be most grumpy. <laughs> I'm sure if he's. You completely <laughs> cop out. Yeah, I know. I'm sure he listens to us. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he will be very upset that some fans on the internet are grumpy. <laughs> yes, I'm sure he will. Not some fans, me in particular. <laughs> I think actually a lot of fans would be. Yeah, I think a lot of fans would be grumpy, yes, if he did it. So. Yeah. But we shall see. So we shall. Uh... Yes. Pay attention, Muffet, or we'll be very cross. <laughs> I will be very grumpy, yes. Oh, dear. You're all right. Strongly worded forum posts. <laughs> On forums you don't read, yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Never mind. Uh, so, back on Christmas Day. Yes. With Do we know the title? No, not... Well, I don't know if it's leaked onto the forums, but I don't think it's been officially no, announced. No, I certainly haven't heard it officially. So, um, but it looks to be Victorian set in some form or other. Mm. It does. So, That's kind of all you got from that next time trailer, yeah. really, wasn't it? <laughs> it was like a couple of people dressed like this. And the Doctor was in it, and Jenna Louise Coleman was in it. And Snow. And Snow. Well, it's Christmas. There's... No Santa, though. Not from that, anyway. But... Evil Snowman, perhaps. They haven't done that yet. Uh, that's true. It would be better than evil Santas. Yeah. <laughs> or Father Christmas. Because... But... Um... Yeah. I, I'm surprised it's taken them... Uh, I'm surprised they haven't done Evil Snowmen yet, to be honest. Yeah. It's the kind of obvious Christmas idea that they mm. haven't done so far. Yeah. Uh, but... We shall see. There's not a great deal of speculation to be done on that next time trailer, really. <laughs> so, uh... yeah. there we go. But that's it. The ponds have departed. Bye-bye, Amy and Rory. Mm. Yeah, bye-bye. Karen Gillan and Arthur Darville. Yes. I wonder if they'll be back for the 50th anniversary. Who knows? Some hand wave. <laughs> oh, that Toby White energy. Yes. Fixed timeline thing. We found a way around that. <laughs> yes. They're back. Yeah. So, let us know what you think. Uh, what, what you thought of the episode. Indeed. In the, uh, the usual ways. And uh, I'm sure we'll be back to uh, discuss the the comments on the episode. Yes, we'll be rounding up uh, your feedback. Um, uh, we'll do that in our next Points of Who episode, because uh, we've been doing the catch-up in the... Um, spoiler-free Spoiler-free previews. previews, but we'll be back to our um, uh, usual schedule with um, Points of Who to round up feedback once a month. Yep. Um, and also we'll be uh, covering science fiction and fantasy uh, in print and on screen and uh, so on, uh, beyond the worlds of Doctor Who, but stuff that if you're a Doctor Who fan, you're quite likely to like. Well, we do anyway. So. Yeah, we like it. Uh, so, <laughs> so you might be interested yeah. too. So yeah, please do give uh, those a lesson. Uh, I think some of the stuff we've got planned is uh, a Diana Wynne Jones discussion. Yeah. Uh, she is. And by the looks of Susie, <laughs> besides, I think Susie might be back for that one too. Um, uh, she's a uh, children's uh, author. She wrote lots of 
um, really good science fiction and fantasy uh, stories. Uh, if you like um, Doctor Who and uh, stuff, again, she's one of those ones you've probably heard of, and if you haven't, uh, you should check her out. Mm-hmm. And we'll be uh, discussing her writing and some of our favourite stories written by her. Um, don't forget to um, check out our regular columns we have. So obviously we have our new one by Simon Kurtz Unsworth, mm-hmm. um, who's blogging for us on the life of a full-time writer. Yes. Um, and James and Olivia are bringing us The Cape and the Cow. Yes, episode two is in the editing suite. Ah. <laughs> well, it's waiting for me to... Well, it's waiting for you to look at it, Caleb. Yes, editing, okay. Yes. Um, and we also have our... Um, video game one from Chris Spell as well. Yes. And so all our regular ones. And um, we'll be doing something on The Hobbit. But, uh, well, of, <laughs> of course we will be doing something on The Hobbit, yes. So. Um, and if you've got anything you think we should or you want us to cover, um, you know, within the, the sci-fi fantasy realm of either in print or on screen, please get in touch and let us know. Um, and if, well, if there's at least two of us who know what it is, we'll, I'm sure we'll <laughs> give it a crack. Um, and uh, if you're willing, you can also join us. Join us to do it as well. Via um, Skype or yeah. If you have a look at the website, there's a few so. things about how to get involved, and we'd and we're only too happy to um, drag other people into uh, yeah. Impossible Podcasts, uh, even if they sit silently in a room, Helen. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> so uh, have a look at the website, and if you if you would like to get involved, it doesn't have to be on a regular basis, but if it was just a a one off, either um, for audio via Skype. Um, or just some in written form as well. We'd love for you to get involved. So thanks very much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed uh, the uh, commentaries on Doctor Who Series 7A or (laughs) 7.1 or whatever. However we're going to term it, yeah. Yeah, however you want to call it. Uh, Fnarg point whatever. (laughs) Yeah, you've lost me now, Caleb. It's uh, a reference to Stephen Moffat's uh, Doctor Who magazine column where he ah. started referring to uh, as series FNARG rather oh, uh, just because okay. the numbering got too complicated. Yeah, I can imagine that would happen. It's uh, series 30, season 33 if you start, if you include classic Who as well. I don't because I'm only <laughs> a new Who fan, but you would know that, Philip. Yes. Um, Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye. You've been listening to The Impossible Podcast. For more Doctor Who commentaries, plus other science fiction and fantasy reviews and discussions, please visit our website, impossiblepodcasts.com, or search for us on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. Please follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or email us via impossiblepodcasts at gmail.com Thanks for listening! <laughs> <laughs>